Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Hiva, and happy Thanksgiving or happy Thanksgiving week whenever you're listening to this. Or you know what, if it's months from now, then whatever. Happy day. <laughs> happy day. Um, yeah, okay. I am fucking cold. And I recall a few episodes ago, I went on this whole long tangent about how I'm not going to complain about the cold this year because like for all I know, it could be my last winter in the Northern Hemisphere. So from, you know, this could be the last year that I have to deal with this and I'm just going to embrace it and be with it. Yada, 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 yada. I lied. I lied. I didn't intentionally lie. I had the best of intentions, but I think I forgot what it feels like when it gets really cold. And it's been fucking cold this weekend. And when I tell you, it feels like my entire body is giving up. Like I in, like inside, I'm just living on heating pads and I have several business ideas. Number one, there should be wearable heating pads. Like I want a heating pad vest that I can put on underneath my jacket when I go outside. It has to be like snug to the body. But like I don't see why this can't ha- happen. And like don't talk to me about those like hand warmer things that you like crack, whatever. No, I'm talking about something that's reusable that like I guess, I guess, ooh, I guess it would have to be battery powered if I'm trying to wear it outside, right? I can't like be tethered to a cable. So like something that's like rechargeable that can stay on for hours. Like I'm no, 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 not those. Although I might have to buy those little things and just throw them in my fucking clothes. I don't know. I've done that before. And I remember not loving the sensation. I think it's like, it's too hot where it is, but it's like just a small, like I need it to cover more surface area. Okay. Number two, I got my period. <laughs> I don't know what, what I'm listing here, by the way. It's unclear what this is the number two of, but whatever. Um, I got my period last week, and it was one of the hardest periods I've had, like, maybe ever. Like, certainly since the early days of my periods. Like, I don't cramp very often, but I had pretty bad cramps. And it got me thinking, we need a heating pad that's shaped like underwear. So you can put it on like underwear and then it like plugs in or whatever. There's like heating stones all over it and they heat up and like you can have heat like right in your crotch. You have it like on your lower belly. You have it on your lower back. Now this is excellent for periods. It's excellent for UTIs. I mean, it's excellent just if you like to be warm in the womb and that's okay. Hey, right. It's not like, like, you know, men really shouldn't have their ball sacks be too hot because it kills sperm. We don't have that. Right. Because like our ovaries are internal, like we can heat that area up and it's fine. Right. I've never heard evidence to the contrary. So I think it's fine. And before you come at me and you're like, oh, but Hiva, there's those underwears that have like a little slip and you can put like a heating. No, that isn't what I'm talking about. I want the heat uniformly around the underwear area. Same with the vest, like those little like heating inserts that are the size of like a fucking pen. That's not going to do it because it's like fire right around the pen and then everywhere else is cold like that's not this is not sufficient I want heat uniformly around an underwear type situation and I want heat uniformly like I want heated jackets I do see TikTok ads for a heated jacket but it's I just have a feeling it's not the vibe I don't know anyway I'm fucking cold I'm currently sitting on a heating pad I just I spend a lot of my time with heating 
devices nowadays. And I just, I would like it if I could take them to the outside with me because it's colder outside than it is inside, although I don't have my heat on yet. Um, I think it's about to get a bit warmer the rest of this week. So I'm going to ride it out and then maybe after that I'll turn it on. Who knows? Anyway, speaking of Thanksgiving, um, just a reminder that the Thanksgiving week mini challenge is live now. Um, if you still want to hop in, you can do it. I'll leave it up for like a couple of weeks, maybe, and then I'll take it down and start preparing for the 2023 kickoff challenge, which is going to be so much more robust. Like the problem with these is I like, there's so much I could do, right? Like I could fill up your entire day with like meal plan and like exercise plan and like mental health and emotional health and like spiritual health. Like I could fill up your entire fucking day with like things you should do, but at some point it's going to get overwhelming. Right. And so I really, the challenge for me is like having enough stuff for the people who are like really thirsty and to really, and I don't mean thirsty in a derogatory kind of way. I mean like really thirsty for like self-help and who have the space to be doing a lot, but also not have so much stuff that it overwhelms the people who don't have as much space. And so I do try to kind of tear it and like what I've done for the Thanksgiving week mini challenge, and we'll see how that goes, is I have kind of like one activity for each day and then I have extra credit. But for the 2023 kickoff challenge, there's going to be a lot more. And I might go as far as like, there's going to be a ton of like healthy recipes because everyone like, you know, in the new year is like, oh, I want to eat healthier. And then no one sticks with it. So I want to give you the actual tools and resources to do so, including recipes. But like, should I do like a full meal plan? So like every weekend, there will be like a grocery list for the weekend and then like ingredient prepping for the week. And then like, during the week, it's like, well, you have all of these ingredients prepped so you can make this bowl or whatever. Should I go like full meal plan or should I not? I don't know. DM me, email me, whatever. Hit me up and let me know what you think. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a ton of stuff. I'm super, super excited for it. And, you know, I'm getting everything together um, as we speak. But meanwhile, the Thanksgiving week mini challenge is there and you can hop in at any time. It's never too late to be a Blush Academy member. So the link is in the show notes. You can go do that. I really do recommend it versus buying a la carte courses just because it's so much more bang for your money. Like you get every single course and all of these little challenges and stuff that come up, like you get access to everything and you get access to the Q and a service. And it's just for like a really low monthly rate versus buying courses a la carte. That's just my two cents. Um, and also because it's Thanksgiving week, I just want to bring up gratitude again. <laughs> and, um, if you listen to the happiness episode from like earlier this year, I think it was called like five scientifically proven ways to feel happier. I already mentioned all of this in that episode. Um, if you haven't listened to that and if what I'm about to share piques your interest, I would recommend going back and listening to that because it is five literally scientifically proven, scientifically proven ways to feel happier. Also, isn't it interesting that in the English language, when we say things like that has a C-A-L-L-Y, we pronounce it like a C-L-Y, right? Like scientifically, it's written scientifically, 
right? And there's a lot of words like that. We pronounce it like that. Even like Brittany, right? Brittany is usually spelled B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, Brittany, but it's pronounced Brittany. And I loved when Britney Spears came out and she just took that whole mess out and she was like, nah, bitch, I'm going to go T-N-E-Y because like, why the fuck the extra letters? And that was the whole vibe. Anyway, um, just just fascinating to me how in the English language, there's just, it's the wild, wild west, truly. Like as someone who speaks other languages and is literate in other languages, let me tell you guys, you guys have no fucking sense of grammar. And like, oh, my grammar isn't good. My grammar isn't good because the rules in English are fucked up. It's not my fault. It's English's fault. Because <laughs> no other language does this shenanigans other languages. Let me tell you a little bit about German. The grammar rules are clear. Everything is clear. All of the rules are clear. Like in German, so long as you speak the language, you could see any word written down, any word. It doesn't matter what the fuck the word is. It doesn't matter if it has three letters or 45 letters. You will know how to pronounce that word because the rules of pronunciation are stable. They're, they're always consistent. It's not like the nonsense in English where like, oh, we have this like fine mesh S-I-E-V-E and it's pronounced sieve. Why the fuck would it be pronounced sieve? Wednesday? Are you fucking kidding me? Colonel, are you out of your goddamn mind? Why are we doing this shit? Other languages have stricter rules. How the fuck did we get on this tangent? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, I recently got a DM from someone who has ADHD and she was like, I find your podcast so soothing. And like, A, thank you so much. Like it was literally, you made my day. I was having, honestly, I've been having a really rough week and a lot of it is like around my own self image and like all these insecurities that are coming up. You know, healing is really like an onion. And I know other people say this, like I'm not, I didn't just invent this on my own, but you constantly are pulling back layers of the onion. And sometimes like there are things that you've worked on and like you get to a place where you're really solid in those things. And then as you peel back layers of the onion, that same like wound comes up, but it's like a much deeper layer of it, you know? Anyway. <laughs> back to this DM. So I like, I was really just like in a very low place and like, it really, really lit me up. So thank you so much. But it also really made me laugh because I was like, wow, I wonder, like, I mean, this podcast is kind of like ADHD diaries. You know what I mean? It's just like topic to topic, jumping like in and out of stories. Like I'm now three layers in to something I was trying, I was trying to talk about gratitude and I'm like so far in, that like, I don't even know I'm going to peel myself out. But like, I don't know, is it like so triggering if you have ADHD or is it like, oh my God, I, I totally understand how this brain works. Anyway, let's go back to gratitude. <laughs> So in that happiness episode from whatever, I talked about these five scientifically proven ways to increase your happiness levels. And one of them is by practicing gratitude. And specifically what you want to do is say three new things that you're grateful for every day and why. And emphasis on the new. You can't just repeat the same things over and over. And they tried this on a group of Amex bankers. And basically the bankers were repeating the same three things every day. And it had like little to no effect. 
But what you actually want to do is say, so like the way I do it to make sure that it's three new things every day is I focus on three things that I'm grateful for from that exact day. That way I'm not repeating things from the past. So you don't want to do like, oh, my parents, my dog, you know, my friends, whatever. Like just repeating those three things every day does nothing. The reason that this works, and you also really want to focus on why you're grateful for them. Now, the reason that this works is because when your brain is scanning for like positive things, the neural pathways in your brain that look for the positive things in life become stronger. So it's like a muscle, right? So that muscle that is looking for the good in life becomes stronger because you're training it every day. And that's why it's so important that it's three new things every day. Because like, if you just go to your old go-tos, it already knows how to find those. It has to actively scan for the three new things. And studies show that low-level pessimists became optimists by day 22 of repeating this. So since it's Thanksgiving and it's all about gratitude, it's also kind of all about, um, colonialism and how we like really fucked over indigenous people. Um, But yeah, like I wish I had like a documentary or books to recommend to educate ourselves on this subject, but I don't. If any listeners do, will you DM me and I'll share what you share? Because like I do think it's actually important this week to kind of keep in mind what the history of this holiday is. But putting the history aside, I think like anything in life, you can make it whatever you need it to be. And I think reframing Thanksgiving is like instead of like, I mean, I th- I think we need to remember the roots of what it really was. But then also like it's it's a week of gratitude. So I think we should practice that. Okay. Other things that I'm going to be doing this week. Now, this one you know, like you guys love when I share like the health and wellness things that I'm getting into or like whatever, because I pick up things, I drop off things. I just like to experiment, you know, and then I like to tell you guys what works. By the way, I've not forgotten about parsley. I'm going to write it out a little bit longer and then give you a better overview of what I think. But so far, I do think it's helping. Oh, and the lip stuff that I mentioned I completely, like when I went to Miami, I put it in my backpack and then it's been in my backpack and I've completely forgotten about it. So I will pull it out and start using it again and let you know if I think it actually is plumping up the lips. Okay. So (laughs) a few years ago, I heard about something called the bean protocol. And um, this woman named Karen Hurd, who is like a biochemist, I want to say, I really, God, I should have, um, hold up her story or something. Should I just do a quick Google so I don't fuck it up? Because it is a very interesting story. Karen Heard, Beam Protocol. (laughs) By the way, second Google thing was Karen Heard quack, which I think is very mean because like I actually really don't think she's a quack. Now you can disagree with whatever, but um, why can't? Okay, about Karen. There we go. So I believe she was a biochemist, but that's not top and center in her bio. So we're just going to have to skip that part for now. But in 1989, Karen's 18-month-old daughter was poisoned with a word that I don't know how to pronounce. It's a household pesticide. Um, She barely survived. um, And medical experts said that she would only live one year. 
Um, six months after the poisoning, it seemed like they were correct. Her liver and her kidneys were beginning to fail. And, um, like the, you know, the doctor said that her immune system is irreparably damaged. Uh, medical science has no way of building a new one. So Karen began researching on her own. So she started doing research in the library, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I'm like reading the bio now. Instead of, I should have just gone off of memory because it would have been more entertaining than what I'm doing now. But she like did a ton of research into nutrition and whatnot. And basically she discovered that like when there is like excess of anything really in our system, whether it's like toxins, pesticides, um, fucking hormones, whatever, that stuff is living in our bile. And the way it's supposed to work in our body is our bile is supposed to come out with our poop and then we build new bile. But instead, what's happening, because we are not eating enough fiber, essentially, is our bile is getting recycled, and we're just using that same old bile with all the toxins in it over and over and over again. And so she found in her research that if you eat a ton of beans because beans are really, really high in soluble fiber, that soluble fiber will bind with the toxins in the bile, will just bind with the bile that has all the toxins in it and come out of the body in the poo. And then you eat fats. She really recommends in the form of nuts. Um, but if you're allergic to nuts, then doing like oil, but, uh, uh, a, non-saturated fat. So not like a coconut based fat or, um, you know, like bacon, butter, like a, you know, heavy animal fats. And she's not, by the way, like plant-based at all. She in fact advocates for eating animals, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but a non-soluble fat then, uh, prompts your body to build new bile that is now clean. So that's kind of the premise of her protocols, and it's the bean protocol. Now, there are different protocols depending on what your actual ailment is. And so, like she says, like other things that you should eat, other things that you shouldn't eat, the things that you shouldn't eat are primarily like sugar. And like, for example, if it's like a hormone healing situation, I know she advocates for like no fragrances and stuff like that. Um, anyway, there are different protocols for different ailments. And I he I'd heard about this years ago. And I even interviewed her for a cookbook I've been working on, um, just talking about the health benefits of nuts. And it like fascinating. I mean, she's a scientist. She talks very, very scientifically. So it is sometimes like kind of hard to understand. Anyway, a few days ago, I wake up and first thing in the morning that I think of is I was like, oh my God, I should buy Karen Hurd's e-course on constipation. And then I looked and it's actually that specific course is on all gut stuff. And it's like $300. I might end up buying it, but you know, $300 is a lot of money. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. And so then I just started doing some Googling and I remembered when I interviewed her, she said that d depending on what the protocol is, you might eat the beans with fats or you might eat the beans separately from fats. So I think it's when it's like hormone healing or like a literal, like a detoxing thing like she did for her baby. By the way, her baby survived and is now like in her 30s and has children of her own. So like what a beautiful, magical story. 
And anyway, if it's something like that, you want to eat the beans separate from the fats so that the beans bind with the bile and bring that out versus she said, if it's for constipation, you actually want to eat the beans with fat. And uh, I guess that like the fats lubricate and the beans provide bulk, whatever, it pushes everything out. I mean, it's not like obviously novel to say like, oh, beans will make you poop. Um, <laughs> but I do like, I, I've really heard nothing but good things of people following her protocol. So I might end up buying the course. But for now, what I've been doing is like actively incorporating like a cup of beans into my biggest meal of the day, which is also paired with fats. So the other day I did like a chickpea quote unquote tuna. I just like mashed up chickpeas with some vegan mayo and some of this like Dijon dressing, actually the Olivia Wilde dressing kind of, I mean, I kind of made it my own, Um, but if you haven't heard my rant on the Olivia Wilde thing, I don't know what episode it was on, but it was in the past couple of months, I want to say. Anyway, and some like fresh herbs and some onions and some celery, kind of like you would do a tuna salad. I just like mashed up the chickpeas and it kind of had that type of feel. And that night and morning was the best I've pooped in a long time. And here's the crazy thing. I eat a fuck ton of fiber. Like I am vegan. Everything I eat has fiber. Like I don't really eat anything that is fiberless. So for it to have made that big of an impact on me, like I don't understand what it is about the fiber in beans that's different from other types of fiber. I don't know, but I'm going to go on this journey because I know a lot of people listening also have issues with constipation. Now, one thing I want to say if you're listening and you're like, oh, but beans give me gas or like whatever. The reason that certain foods give you gas, if it's a food like beans or like cruciferous vegetables, etc. 99.9% of the time is because there's a gut microbiome issue. It's not the food itself. Now there is like a 0.1% of the time where you're sensitive to that food or whatever, but 99.9% of the time it's a gut microbiome issue and avoiding that food is only going to make you more sensitive to it. What you should do instead is take probiotics. I highly recommend seed. Use code BLUSH15 to get 15% off your first order. Um, (laughs) you know, that's an affiliate code. I get money if you use it, but I do really like seed probiotic, but like really eating the food, like you start low and slow. So if you're someone who is not eating high fiber foods, don't just suddenly dive into eating like six cups of beans a day, do like a tablespoon a day and then (laughs) slowly increase it. And that goes with all kinds of fiber. You want to slowly increase it and let your body adjust while you're giving your body a variety of types of fiber. You want to get good prebiotics in, which beans have, Jerusalem artichokes have. Um, You want to get both soluble and insoluble fiber, which if you're eating a wide variety of plant-based foods, you will get all those things. But if you're someone who has taken antibiotics more than once in your life, I really do advocate for being on probiotics, whether that's seed or something else. I really like seed because it actually survives into your gut. There's another product that um, is really good for building your gut lining. It's um, 
Ion Biome or something by Dr. Zach something. He's really great. I like that product. My dog has been taking to it really well and she has like massive digestive issues. Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to continue on this bean journey for a bit and I will let you know how it affects my ongoing constipation issues. And like I know I take magnesium, which really does help. Like it really, really does help. But I, I want to take less magnesium. I feel like I'm taking too much of it and I'm like too reliant on it. And I really like, I think there's an issue that could be solved. So I'm really going to test it out with the whole bean thing. And I will let you know how it goes. Again, keep in mind, depending on what the ailment is, the protocol that you need is different. She has a bunch of e-courses on her site. It's Karen Hurd, K-A-R-E-N-H-U-R-D.com. I know people really rave about her for like healing sex hormone type issues. I mean, also when she started doing the protocol, her hair refer- reverse grayed. So her hair was gray and it turned brown again. It's like apparently great for like anti-aging, which I know Julia Fox says we shouldn't say anti-aging, but that's neither here nor there. By the way, I think Julia Fox is the moment and I I really fuck with her. Like I really, really fuck with her. Okay. <laughs> TV recommendations of the week. Um, I finally finished How to Get Away with Murder. It, you know, it's it's soap opera level quality television. That's all I can say. And then last night I rediscovered the show I used to watch on Netflix. It's like an Aussie Netflix show called The Glitch. It's kind of interesting. We watched episode one because like I watched it, I don't know, like six, seven years ago crazy how time flies. I mean, when I think of law school, I think of it as a few years ago, but law school ended five and a half years ago, ended five and a half years ago. It started eight and a half years ago. It's a fucking long time. Anyway, so there's that. I think I'm going to get into, um, fuck, what's it called? Yellowstone. I think I'm going to start Yellowstone. Um, I know people really rave about it. And then I know I would, I said I would start like, uh, Bachelor in Paradise or like maybe Love Island or one of those kind of datey reality shows. Honestly, Ozzy's leaving in a few weeks to go back to Australia. So I'm just kind of holding off on shit like that until he's gone. And I just sit there and like binge TV all day, all night (laughs) because it's too cold to go anywhere. Although, I'm really going to try to be a little bit social this winter. That is an intention that I'm setting for myself. And you know what? I'll check in with you guys to keep me accountable on actually trying to do that. Okay, so in spirit of Thanksgiving, oh my God, I nearly said in spirit of Halloween. (laughs) Guys, I'm tired today. I don't feel well. I've had a very rough week. I've been really emotional. Like I've been like, and not even in a bad way. It's like everything tears me up. I've already been really emotional about Iran. And like, honestly, anytime I read any piece of news about Iran, I just automatically start crying. But now it's gone further. And it's like, like, I'll just look at a commercial, start crying. I mean, anything. And the thing is like, I don't think it's hormones because I got my period last Monday. And usually once I 
get my period, things start like simmering down. So like, I don't think that's it. It's usually like the week before my period where I'm like the most emotional or whatever. It's really mostly like mood swings. It's not specifically like, oh, I cry easily, but I just like randomly will start crying like five times a day about like any, like sometimes I'm moved by something. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm happy at like any sort of emotional reaction triggers me crying lately. So I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I'm fucking tired. Anyway, so I wanted to talk about how Ozzy and I met and started dating. Um, I think I've told the story before, uh, at least bits and pieces of it. I know I've told. I don't know if I've told it beginning to end. And the reason I'm telling it this week is because we had our first actual in-person date two years ago this Sunday, this coming Sunday. It was the Sunday after Thanksgiving uh, in 2020 that we had our first date. And um, I'm not saying it's our two-year anniversary because we weren't even together the entire time after that. But, you know, it's just one thing I remember. And so I'm going to tell the whole story and some takeaways that I have based on the story. Okay, so Ozzy and I matched on Bumble um, in 2019, the summer of 2019, we matched on Bumble. And I remember being like, oh, he seems like kind of eccentric and cool and artsy and has like kind of different photos. And I like that he's Australian. That sounds kind of cool. Like whatever. We matched. I messaged him within the 24 hours. He messaged me back within the 24 hours. We messaged a little bit here and there. He may not have been in town because he does travel quite a bit for work. I don't remember, but whatever. Then like, you know, I probably wasn't like consistently going on the apps because I had all sorts of hangups around the apps. And I remember like once in a while I'd open them and he had messaged me. And so like, I remember being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so terrible at this app. And he's like, oh yeah, no worries. Like, here's my number if you want to like get off this app. So I must have texted him. We text a little bit here and there, but like it never really went anywhere. And then I remember he would like, he would text me like once in a while. It's like a month later, he'd text me and be like, hey, what's up, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh yeah, hey. And like, I I don't really remember the details of it, although I bet I have it all on the computer that I'm on right now. Hold on. Can I get our entire, or did I delete it? Because I may have deleted our entire text history at some point. But yeah, let me see if I can scroll up. But the way I remember it is he would like message me like, oh God, it's it would take years for me to get to the top of our text history. That's kind of crazy. Um, but like he would, me- like it felt to me like he would message me like when he was out of town and I'd be like, okay, I don't really know what to do with this. And so, yeah, it just like, it never really went anywhere. And then I remember one time this was like, probably like late summer of 2020, he texts me and I'd like changed phones or something or like for whatever reason, our text history wasn't there. So I didn't know who it was. And I was like, Oh, who is this? And he was like, oh, it's obviously he didn't say Ozzy because that's not his name, but we're just, we'll just say Ozzy. He goes, oh, it's Ozzy from Tinder a million years ago. And I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me. I'd like woken up on the wrong side of the bed or something that day. Who knows? But I go, um, 
I've never had fucking Tinder and I don't know who the fuck you are. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. It could have been Bumble. And I was like, uh, okay, send me a screenshot of your profile and we'll go from there. And he did. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this guy. Like, he seemed kind of whatever. And so we messaged a bit. Per usual, he wasn't even in the fucking country. Whatever. Um... And so then like a month later, I launched the podcast and I just go through my entire texting history and I text a link to the podcast to every person I'd been texting pretty much. And he was one of them. And he said something sassy back and I said something sassy back, whatever. But we exchanged a few messages about the podcast. And then a month later, it's Thanksgiving of 2020. And I was like pretty drunk. I had a couple friends over for like a Friendsgiving. It was my first time hosting Thanksgiving, which was so fun, by the way. I did like a vegan Thanksgiving. We had drinks. We played games. It was great. Um, Quick aside, one of the things I've been a little bit bummed about this year is like I wish we had like friends coming over for Thanksgiving. Like it's going to be the first Thanksgiving where it's just the two of us and Like all of our friends are doing like stuff with their families or whatever or this or that. And like we have the dog, yada, yada. So it's just going to be the two of us like, which is fine. It's great. Like, you know, but it does bring up this wound in me that I brought up last week where I just like I feel like a loser. Like I it's just been so alive for me this past week. Like I'm constantly thinking about it and just like feel like such a loser and like uh, like, I almost hate that I like part of me is like, oh, my God, Hiva, don't talk about this on the podcast because like then everyone else will know that you're a loser, too. And like, I don't want everyone else to like know how big of a loser I am. Like, it's like so alive for me, but it's like such a deep thing. And it's like whatever. Anyway, so it's like really bringing up this loser wound of like, oh, why aren't more people coming to Thanksgiving? But I decided to instead look at the positive side of things and be like, okay, no one else is coming for Thanksgiving. That means that we can do whatever the fuck we want and we're not beholden to traditional Thanksgiving food. So what I think I'm going to do instead is um, make Mexican, like a vegan Mexican, and we'll start the day with like vegan Bloody Marys and then graduate to um, jalapeno margaritas and then do this like beautiful vegan Mexican spread and we're going to play games. I think... um, I'm going to buy like ping pong paddles, <laughs> table tennis paddles. Is that, they're paddles. That's what they're called, right? And balls. And maybe instead of eating at the dining table, because like who needs to do that? We don't need to act like adults. Like we can eat in front of the TV or just pick a shit in the kitchen or whatever. Um, we're going to play table tennis and do some other games and just like get drunk and have fun and like whatever and eat a beautiful Mexican, Mexican <laughs> or Mexican because it's vegan Mexican feast. Anyway, going back to Thanksgiving uh, of 2020. So I had friends over, we were drinking and um, he texts me happy Thanksgiving. And I was kind of drunk and I was like, oh, this guy again. I was like, are you actually in New York? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to get a drink this Sunday at 1 p.m.? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, cool, meet me at this bar. And it's like the corner bar. And Sunday rolls around and I wake up and I realize I scheduled three different dates with three different guys all for 1 p.m. that day. And so I'm like, okay, well, 
Obviously, I can't go to all of them, although I do really like the image of me kind of like Mrs. Doubt firing it and just like being multiple places at once. Although the analogy doesn't stand because like it's not like I'd be changing costumes or like changing genders in between these dates. But you know what I mean? Just like pulling multiple dates off at the same time. Um, Yeah. Anyway, wasn't going to do that. And so I was like, okay, well, A... Ozzy is the only of the three guys that I gave a place to. The other two, I just said, 1 p.m. on Sunday. B, this guy seems kind of crazy, and I bet he'd make for good podcast stories, so I'm going to keep that date. So Sunday rolls around, and I'm like, hey, are we still on? And he's like, yeah, why wouldn't we be? Which, funny story about that, he actually misremembered the date as being 1 p.m. on Saturday and not Sunday. And so he showed up to the bar on Saturday and sat there for like an hour and then checked his text, and he was like, oh, shit, she said Sunday, and left, which is wild to me because I would never show up somewhere without getting like a confirmation text the day of that we're actually still on. And I believe I've talked about this before on an episode. And I do think like there is an age thing there. And I think a lot of it depends on like what age you got a cell phone at. Like, were you like going out with people before like cell phones were commonplace enough to like have one in your pocket at all times? Because I think for those people, they'll just like, if you have plans, you show up. Right. But I think those of us that got cell phones young enough were like, we really like, like the plans that we had before cell phones were like plans that our parents made for us and like would take us to. But like, you know, once we started making and keeping plans on our own, like we confirm that the plan is on because we have a cell phone and we can do that anyway. Or who knows, maybe really flaky people do that. Who knows? Anyway, now a little bit more backstory. I never read or saw Harry Potter until 2019. In 2019, some of my friends in New York, I forget what I was talking about, but they were like, Kiva, I think you would really love Harry Potter. And I had been so resistant to it because, like, everyone was obsessed with it, yada, yada. There's deeper layers to this, but, like, we don't have time today. I can analyze it later. And so I was like, "Mm, okay, like, I trust you guys. I'll read it. And so I start reading them, and I'm, like, obsessed. And one of my friends gave me probably the best advice I've ever gotten in my life ever. (laughs) And she said to not start watching any of the Harry Potter movies until I finish all the books. And she's like, there's just going to be specific ways that you picture things in your head. And once you start watching the movies, they'll ruin that image that you have of things in your head. So I recommend waiting until you're done with all the books. Now, I had a specific way that I pictured Dumbledore in my head, which is exceptionally different from how he was portrayed in the movies all three times. (laughs) And by all three times, I mean all three actors who played him, in case you didn't get that. So the way that I pictured Dumbledore was just like so magical with like long flowy hair and glasses and like some gray in his hair and just like really thin because I could have sworn in the books he was thin. I know in the movies he's not. And so Sunday rolls around. 1 p.m. I'm at the bar and this guy says hi to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Dumbledore. (laughs) Because it was exactly how I pictured Dumbledore in my head. And so I was like, oh my God, I love him. And so we go and we sit down and we're just chatting. And one of the first things that I noticed was like, like 
I was making a lot of jokes that I like often would think in my head but wouldn't say out loud. And I would make the jokes and he would kind of like not to like sound douchey and like comedian-y, but he would like yes and my jokes. So like it's a term in comedy where you just like add to it. Like you don't like poo-poo on anything. You just add to what people are saying. And I was like, oh my God, I've never had such strong comedic chemistry with anyone before. And also another layer of backstory. I like, I grew up kind of shy and a lot of it, I don't think was like, I mean, yeah, some of it, yeah, whatever I'm shy, but a lot of it was like, I didn't feel comfortable being myself because like I wasn't very well socialized as a child. Like we lived really far away from where my school was and like my classmates weren't very close to me. So like when I played with kids my age, it was like a whole orchestrated event of like going home with someone after school or whatever. Like it wasn't like I didn't have friends in my neighborhood. My parents were really, really strict. Like they were, you know, in a foreign country they didn't trust people like they like they wouldn't let me just like run out the door and go play with the neighborhood kids like I didn't know the neighborhood kids on top of that we were in a foreign country none of our extended family was there I only had a brother he was seven years older he wasn't like the appropriate age to be playing with me so like I wasn't well socialized as a child and like I didn't really understand how to be a child because I was like around my parents all the time and like they didn't really know how to play with me. They're kind of serious people. And so I wasn't getting a lot of play in. Like I didn't really get to be like a silly, goofy child. And then like growing up, like I always had this kind of silly, goofy side to me, but like I didn't feel comfortable expressing it because like I didn't know how like I didn't want to be like that weirdo who like I don't like I just like always have felt like crippled by social anxiety and like how to behave and I remember when I was dating the comedian it really became like something that was like rattling around in my subconscious became like very conscious for me of like he would kind of be silly and goofy and I would want to be silly and goofy back. And it's like I'd have like the jokes in my head, but I wouldn't feel comfortable actually being it because like I didn't want to be weird and I didn't want to be unusual. So this was something that was like very alive for me. For like the past two years before I went out with Ozzy where I was like, I just want to be myself. And on that first date with Ozzy, like I remember I was able to be myself in a way that I hadn't ever been. Like I just like was making every joke that came to my mind. I was being silly, making weird noises, just like like not even thinking like, oh my God, Hiva, don't be weird. Like I was just like literally being a myself like I wasn't like this shell of myself wanting to show my goofy silly side like I could just do it for the first time and I was like holy shit this feels so good and then after we had drinks at the bar I was like I need to walk my dog and so he came with me. Um, he actually took me for a ride on his bike and that was like super fun. And then um, we went and grabbed my dog and my dog instantly was obsessed with him, which like if you 
have a pet, you know how much that means. Like if your dog approves of someone instantly, you're like, oh, I will fuck with you until the day I die. I have a friend who is like so toxic in so many ways. Like, I mean, just this poor, poor girl. And I don't mean toxic because like, like this isn't like, oh, because she's a bad person because she's not. She has like a lot of issues, like a lot of mental health issues. She's had a lot of serious drug issues. I think she has like a little bit of kleptomania. I mean, I, she's had a lot of issues, but it makes her be kind of a toxic person to be around. Like, you know, when you hang out with someone, they steal your shit <laughs> either. Like, cause I do think she actually has kleptomaniac tendencies, but also she had a drug problem. So she would like steal things and sell them sometimes. And like, whatever, all these things, it's not her fault. She has like serious mental health issues, but like, I would still fuck with her. Cause like my dog liked her so much that it was like, clearly she's seeing something that I can't, but like also she is a wonderful person. And like, anyway, that's a whole topic for another time. But yeah, my dog was obsessed with him. And so we take her for a quick walk and then came back and we um, like I sat on my kitchen counter and he stood in front and we made out for a while and then he left. And I was like, oh, my God, that is one of the best first dates I've ever had. But of course, then I immediately start being like, oh, but like it can't go anywhere because like he travels so much and he's in Australia half the time and like blah, blah. And I start like thinking of ways to be like to not get overly attached. Anyway, um, he and he had mentioned on our first date that he likes to shoot hoops. And uh, so he hits me. So he texts me the next morning and like, said something really sweet, like, like woke up smiling this morning you and your kitchen counter are exquisite or something like really cute like that and I was like oh my god (laughs) which is like so not how he talks to me now (laughs) um but yeah then um you know that week he's like hey do you want to go shoot hoops and I was like I mean do I want to no but I kind of like him so I guess I will um so our second date we went and we shot hoops and then we went to the bar afterwards and had a drink and then you know a few dates in there was this whole situation where uh, like we had plans on a Friday night and I assumed we were gonna go to dinner but then like when Friday rolled around he's like hey like I have to go to this group dinner but like I still really want to see you like could you do a drink before do a drink after or both or whatever And the long story, which I found out later was like, he had a friend who was like literally suicidal. And so like his friends had organized this like group dinner to like, kind of be like, Hey, like everything's okay. Like you have us blah, blah, blah. But like, to me, I was like, how fucking like flaky of him. Like he should be taking me to dinner. Like, what do you mean? Do you want to do a drink before or after? Like, obviously this guy isn't serious about me. Yada, 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 yada. Right. And that's when I started playing games. And I mean, when I tell you I started playing games, like I was like, oh, okay. And then I like go through Bumble, find another guy to like meet up with. And I'm like, well, I just made up like I probably was like, well, I just scheduled another date, but I guess we can get a drink before. Um, and he's like, oh my God, it's been like 13 seconds. Like I was texting my friends to see if I could bring you to the dinner, but like, okay. Um, yada, yada. We keep hanging out though. And like, I remember before New Year's Eve, he was like, yeah, like I told my friends that I would like go upstate, like blah, blah. And I was like, well, 
if you don't even want to do New Year's Eve with me, then obviously, like, you are not even that into me. So, like, we should just stop seeing each other. So he, like, canceled his plans and did New Year's Eve with me. You know, like every like every time I'd like voice something, he would always accommodate, but I was always kind of unsure on where he stood, which like now I know it's like largely because I was playing so many games that he's like, I don't even think this chick likes me. But whatever, we'd like hang out, we'd hook up, it was great, like very generous lover, and like we'd always have so much fun. Like I remember the first time he slept over, um, I was so drunk by the way this podcast makes it sound like I drink so much more than I do I drink like exceptionally rarely (laughs) anyway I had gotten so drunk I had like three drinks but like I don't know what happened like between drink two and maybe not even I had like two and a half drinks like all of a sudden I was like oh my god I'm so drunk and the next morning I felt like absolute horseshit and like he just stayed in bed with me until like 2 p.m he walked my dog in the morning and then stayed in bed with me we just like listened to music and talked all morning and it was like one of the best mornings of my life and I was like oh my god I like this guy so much anyway so then he's leaving for Australia he has to go back for work and he always like stays for a few months and like does work there. And this is like mid to late January. Now the night before he's going to Australia, he stays with me. He's like, can I just like bring my stuff and go straight to the airport from your place? And I was like, yeah. And so he stays over and uh, like a month prior to that, there was an episode on the podcast where I told a story about how, Uh, Like years ago when I lived in D.C., like the cutest thing a guy ever did for me was he like wrote some kind of inside joke of ours in sidewalk chalk outside my front door. And when I woke up in the morning, it was there and I was like so amazed, whatever. Now, Ozzy stays over, leaves for the airport super early in the morning. When I get up to walk my dog, Samantha, I walk outside and in sidewalk talk outside my front door it said an inside joke of ours from our first date and I was like oh I started crying I was like oh my god this guy like really likes me right but then he's back in Australia and a bunch of shit happens to him that I'm not even gonna go into because it's like doesn't matter it's not relevant whatever and I don't hear from him that much. I'm freaking out. I'm spiraling, yada, yada. I start like, you know, talking to other guys, blah, blah, blah. End up dating Van Guy. Dated him for a few months. During that time was also doing a lot of like deeper attachment style stuff. Like I took a whole course on attachment styles. And then I started combining what I was learning in that course with other modalities of healing that had worked for me, like a lot of subconscious stuff, a lot of like rewiring, reprogramming your mind, neuroscience-based tools, hypnosis, uh, EMDR, somatic therapy, etc. And that's how I developed my own method of like, that's like really how I went from like extreme anxiety, although really I was fearful avoidant, but like the anxious component was a lot more front of center for me and like really went towards secure. And with Van Guy, it's funny, like when him and I first met and started dating, like he was giving me everything that Ozzy wasn't like he was so verbal and so like 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 he you know would talk about how much he liked me whereas like Van Guy would never talk about how much he liked me he just like 
would do, he would be, he would show, but he wouldn't like talk about it. And like, just like very communicative and like this, like really giving me everything that Ozzy wasn't. And, you know, when he came to town and we actually like ended up in a relationship, the one thing I'd be like, it's so like, it's like, so like romantic and like this and that and fairy tale-ish in so many ways. But then there was this other side of it where I was like, but he's like not funny and he doesn't like respond to my jokes and like he'll call me like sweetheart or darling or these types of nicknames. But like Ozzy would call me like our inside joke kind of nicknames and like I prefer that and I try to keep that going. But then I was like, you know what, like maybe like sense of humor doesn't have to be like the most important thing, like maybe like emotional availability and like this and that is so much more important. And, you know, I tried for a few months, but finally I was like, no, like this isn't what I want. And like for a lot of reasons, but the number one reason and what I would keep coming back to is like, I wanted the sense of humor connection that I had with Ozzy like that. Like I was like, one thing I now know for sure, because I've tested it out is that I need to have that sense of humor connection with someone. Like I'd rather have a guy call me hey cunt like because it's like an inside joke of ours rather than like hey beautiful or hey sweetheart like when I hear couples call each other babe or baby it actually gives me the ick and what's funny is I call everyone babe I call all of my friends babe I'll call random people babe but not once have I called Ozzy babe unless it was like as a joke Anyway, but that's just me. I'm not saying like there's a right or a wrong here. They're just different people. It's different things and different things that matter to them. Anyway, so I break up with Fan Guy and I was like, I really want to hang out with Ozzy. Like I miss him. He's back in town. He's back in the U.S. And uh, like I just miss like laughing and having fun. And so I hit him up and I was like, like if we'd been talking here and there. I knew he was back. Like he had mentioned it and stuff. But, you know, like he also knew I had a boyfriend. And I was like, hey, want to get a drink next week? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, cool, let's do like Tuesday after work. And so... We get a drink and when we're out at drinks, he's like, you know, we're just like laughing, having fun, whatever. And then he's like, hey, listen, I really want to apologize to you. Like when I first went back to Australia, like he's like, I don't want to use this as a cop out, but I was going through a lot of stuff. And like, that's why I wasn't being as communicative with you. And I was like, honestly, like if anything, I feel like I should apologize to you because like when we were dating, like I was so into you, but I was playing so many fucking games with you. And he's like, honestly, like I always wondered if you were playing games or if you just like weren't that interested because I really couldn't tell. He's like, I didn't even really know if you gave a fuck. Like I was just confused the entire time. And so like, And the reason we were able to have that conversation is because like I like I was playing games because I was anxiously attached. Right. And so I was like, okay, I need to like manipulate my way into him becoming obsessed with me so that I don't get hurt. Like I can't just have all my cards out on the table. But like what happened when I moved to secure attachment was like I was like, I don't really give a shit what happens with this guy. Like I don't even like I 
frankly, because like in my head, I was like, I don't even know if he's that emotionally available. So like, I am not going to put up with like emotionally unavailable nonsense. That's a no go. So like in my head, we were just like rekindling a friendship and not even a romantic situation. Like either way, I just didn't give a shit what was going to happen because I was so secure in myself that I was like, I don't need him or any other man to like validate my existence to me. And so like from that moment on, like we started hanging out first, it was platonic and then, you know, we kissed and then we slept together and then, you know, we, you know, had the talk and made it exclusive. And that was like the beginning of June of 2021. But like from that moment on, there were really just no games, like no games. Like it just like I was so upfront and that's why it went so well. And so that's the whole story of Ozzy and I getting together I think it's pretty fleshed out, but if you want more details at some point, I can get into one part of it or another. But I do have some takeaways based on this story for you and your dating experiences in life. Number one, be open to apps. There are plenty of great people on apps. Apps are just the most direct way of finding other single people who are wanting to date. And a lot of apps to my recollection, let you post what you're looking for. So you can specifically look for people who are looking for relationships. And also if you're like kind of hung up in that like fairy tale of like, oh, I just want like a cute kismet story of how we met. You can still have a cute kismet story on apps. I think Ozzy and my story is really cute. We still met through apps. Number two, be open to trying new things. Novelty prompts your brain to release dopamine. Dopamine makes you feel happy and excited. So like be open to trying new things like I did with that uh, basketball thing. Also having an activity is a really good way to get to know someone better because like you're so focused on the activity that you don't have time to be in your head and overthinking things, etc. And also like be willing to look bad or like be bad at something. I am the least athletic girl on the face of the fucking planet. And I was like, yeah, let's go shoot some fucking hoops. I haven't touched a basketball since I was like in goddamn middle school. But hey, yeah, let's do it. I've literally the hand-eye coordination of a snake, okay? Of a snake. They don't even have fucking hands. I mean, I may as well be blindfolded. (laughs) I would probably perform equally as well. Nevertheless, it was silly. It was fun. We just had a good time. We did an activity. Be open to trying new things. Like I'm telling you, especially trying active things on a date. Like if you told me like, oh, let's do a workout date, I'd be like, oh, go fuck yourself. But it really is a fun way to get to know someone. And like, because you're so focused on the activity and because you're having adrenaline be released, it'll make you a more just like relaxed about getting to know each other and like not in your head and be the adrenaline then it's like exciting and you have fun together. Number three, instead of focusing on like little indicators, focus on how you feel. So I mentioned that after the first date, I was immediately like, oh, but like, you know, he's in Australia or oh, he travels so much or like, oh, it won't work for this reason. The reason I would do that after first dates is because I was kind of overcorrecting for the anxious attachment thing of like romanticizing it, right? Like after the first date, you're like, oh my God. And like, this is great. And this is great. And like, I could totally see us getting married because like, because like, 
like of this and this and this, right? Like I used to do that. And then I overcorrected it by looking for all the reasons that it won't work. But either way, they're both just like forms of overthinking and like getting out of the present moment. So instead of doing that, like I would focus on how you feel, like how you feel on the date, because really like it's hard to judge early dates. Like like there are so many people who be like, oh, pay attention to like how much she tips and pay attention to like this and that and how you treat like, yeah, these are all great things. But at the end of the day, we're trying to project what an entire lifetime with a person is based on how they act in a few minutes. And that's like quite literally impossible. So instead of like overthinking all these little things, focus on how you feel because A, that brings you into the present moment and B, it's going to tell you a lot more. And like, keep in mind, people also put on a facade in early dating, but like oftentimes we can feel those things. So what I would recommend focusing on instead in a first date is like, are you comfortable being yourself or do you feel like you have to play one type of role or another? Because that's going to tell you a lot fucking more. Number four, are you projecting? Specifically, are you actually emotionally available? Are you playing games because that's not emotionally available? Are you routinely picking emotionally unavailable people? Because if so, you are not emotionally available yourself. Our brains subconsciously seek out what it knows. And like when you are deeply in anxious attached state, you subconsciously believe that you're unworthy and incapable of love. So your brain is going to find the person. It's going to feel comfortable with the person who's also emotionally unavailable, usually in a very different way, because that confirms its bias going into it. So if you're out here like freaking out about how emotionally available other people are, I would take a long, hard look at how emotionally available you truly are. And if you want to heal that, I highly recommend the Blush Academy. Link is in the show notes. Number five, how well does the person that you're seeing listen to you and adapt their behavior? Because no matter what you hear people on TikTok or Instagram or whatever say, people are not mind readers and no one will perfectly meet meet your needs and wants without you communicating them. So like, oh, if he wanted to, he would. Yeah, maybe maybe, but like, also does he know? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like it's don't get swept away by like what someone on a social media app is saying. The truth is people like no one out there is going to perfectly meet your needs ever, but a really good test of like, whether this is a worthwhile person is like, are you like, do you communicate your needs and do they respond to them? Because that tells you a fuck ton more than if they're just able to like magically mind read a few of your needs. And like one thing with Aussie was like, no matter how much I was like, I like, I feel uncertain, which again, I now know is because of my own games, but whatever, like when I'd be like, Hey, like this, he would always, adapt always adapt so like no matter like what I presented him with and that continues to be true in our relationship if I voice a need he makes sure it's met he might not be able to like mind read that I have this need but once he knows it's there he listens and he adapts number six and this is this list is the takeaways that I have from this story dating is experimentation 
Dating is how you figure out what really matters to you and what doesn't actually really matter to you. So like look at your list of things that you want in a future partner. Some of that list is things that you actually want in yourself, but like you're not you know, you don't feel comfortable admitting that it's things that you want in yourself. Some of that list is things that other people have told you you should want in a partner, but that deep down doesn't actually matter to you. And some of that list is truly non-negotiable for you. And the only way to really figure out truly which of the categories those things fall into is via dating, because that's where you experiment. For example, I had the sense of humor thing on my list, right? It was so fucking important to me. But then I was like, you know what? Maybe it's not as important as having a guy who's like so consistent in these ways. And then, you know, I experimented and I was like, nope, I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong. It's actually, it's the most important thing to me. It's truly a non-negotiable versus, I mean, I used to have on my list like so many things that I now know don't matter to me at all. So use dating as a way to test things out. It's experimentation. Each date that you go on, each new person that you meet gives you more information ultimately about yourself. So it's all, it's all just a way to get to the next place, to grow into the next level version of yourself. And number seven, the last thing is own your shit. When I went into dating Ozzy, I would make jokes about how I was like so crazy in dating. He also was listening to the podcast back then. So he'd like hear it there too. And I'm not saying you have to do that at all. I'm just going to explain why I did it. I used to, when I met guys, like put on this facade as being like such like a laid back, chill, easygoing kind of girl. And in the beginning, I really would be, but then the anxious attachment would come out and I'd just start acting all sorts of fucking crazy. (laughs) And so this time around, because I had the podcast, I'd really openly talk about like all the things that I was dealing with in dating. When I met him, I was like, yeah, yo, I'm batshit crazy in dating. Like when I really like a guy, I kind of fucking lose it. (laughs) And again, I'm not saying you have to do that. But here's the thing. When you own your shit, it is always going to be better. A, because like if, you know, you do something that's like quote unquote crazy, like they're not blindsided, they see it coming. But there's a bigger reason. When you are putting on a facade as this like cool, chill kind of person, it attracts the wrong type of person. It Like the person who that attracts is someone who has like zero tolerance and patience for anyone else having like emotions, thoughts, feelings, etc. It attracts narcissists or narcissist adjacent kind of people. Also, like when you're really open and transparent, that's a real type of vulnerability. And like, I used to like fake vulnerability to get close to people, which is really common with anxious attachment, but it wasn't like, it's not real vulnerability unless you're admitting to things that you actually worry don't make you look good. Like when I would fake vulnerability, I would like like talk about things that I deemed were acceptable to be bad at. So like it still maintained the type of self image of myself that I had in my mind and that I wanted to present. But when you own like, Hey, like, you know, I have a history of like being anxious and dating or like whatever, that's something that like 
you don't actually like you you don't feel great about in dating you know what i mean it's not like part of this facade is this like cool laid back kind of chick you know that's true vulnerability and that actually gets you closer to people versus fake vulnerability okay so that's my Aussie story. Those are my seven takeaways. I hope everyone has a really good week, no matter what you're doing this week, whether you're with friends, family, lovers, or completely alone. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. And one thing I'm eternally grateful for every fucking day is you guys listening to the podcast, you guys sharing the podcast with your friends, you guys talking about it, sharing it in your stories etc. It helps the podcast so much. So if you're grateful for the podcast and if you take anything from this, can I please ask you to leave a five-star review about how amazing the podcast is and share it with a friend. It really goes so far in helping the show. Love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving or, you know, if you're listening at another time, happy day. Okay. (laughs) 